Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about vaccines. Coming up on Talk is Cheap. Have a good day. gentlemen of planet earth and beyond welcome to another great episode of talk is cheap my name is pete hobleib and to my right as always mr dan holfeld hello in the house another great episode yeah talk is cheap yeah they're all great but this one's even the best i think they get better every time we do them dan I was going to sip of this and be like, not great, 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 not great, but But this is a black cherry. Yeah, not great. So, but you didn't probably need to say that. Looks, looks like grape. It's close enough. Yeah, right. Pretty good stuff. Cherries, grapes, they come from the same plant. (laughs) No, they don't. Good morning. Uh, Yeah. Good morning, everybody. So Dan, a whole bunch of crazy still going on in this planet today. I tell you what, man, it is. Yeah. That we know of. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm still uh, rooting for the giant asteroid. That's all I can say. Might be easier sometimes. Yep, yep, yep. So, Dan, what do you know about vaccines? Uh, I don't like them. That's really? all I know about them. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. You don't like them. I kind of, I kind of guessed that. Uh, you know, do you, do you think that uh, they've done any good? You know, I mean, I think of things like you know polio. That's pretty good, right? I don't know. I was thinking about an interview David Icke did, you know, the crazy reptilian guy. Yeah. He yeah. said, I believe it was his son that never got a vaccine. And the doctor said, this is the healthiest kid I've ever seen. Ever seen. Oh, yeah. funny how that works, right? You know, because uh, injecting yourself with all sorts of different stuff that your body's not supposed to get yeah. might F you up a little bit, right? Yes. So anyway, uh, vaccines are not my favorite thing to look at, talk about necessarily. Uh, I have mixed opinions. I feel that the, there's some that are, you know, valuable and stuff and others, uh, you know, they're getting forced down our throats with very little oversight and testing and, uh, saved by the general public. And then especially when they're going to push this coronavirus yeah, vaccine. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little yeah. bit. And it, so it's probably this appropriate is, to bring this topic yeah, up. Yeah, it is. It? It's very eye-opening. So this was a viewer-submitted topic by Biker Babe 2009 who is awesome and and super sweet. Uh, we had an opportunity to meet her at the East City Ranch. Yes, we did. Yeah, and she was awesome. And uh, one of our most, uh, you know, uh, stalwart viewers that we have out there. Um, By the way, she drove out there on her motorcycle. Yeah, That's the whole crazy. way. Yeah, like how many hours did we do to say? Yeah, so she was upper Michigan is where she was from. Yeah, so. long to long multiple way. days on a motorcycle to come hang out at the East City Ranch. I'd like to think it was come to, to hang out with us, but I think it was <laughs> to, to see James and, and experience that. But yeah. we'll, we'll, I'll take a little bit of that. Um, anyway, she submitted a, a, a topic, a recommendation a couple months ago that said, hey, you guys need to look into DNA and RNA vaccines. and you know, like I said, I'm not a vaccine expert or anything like that. I've got some opinions on them. Uh, I think some are good, some are bad, and just but everything's politicized and, and capitalist driven these days. You really got to wonder. So I didn't know exactly what I was going to find or what she was trying to get at. She left it pretty vague. This, hey, look into the DNA RNA vaccines. It's kind of scary. So I just basically kind of did. You know, started from scratch and said, "Okay, let's let's figure it out." And what's what the hell are DNA and RNA vaccines, and why? How are they different, and uh, how does this play into this whole crazy world we're in today? So that's what I'm going to talk about, Dano. I think when most of us think of vaccines, we actually think of conventional vaccines. Okay, 
um, because DNA and RNA vaccines are experimental vaccines. They, there is not a DNA or RNA vaccine like on the market right now. Come again. There's several very versions and several like, you know, phases of testing and stuff, but there is not a DNA or RNA vaccine. So what is it called then? Uh, well, these are your conventional ones. You've got your whole organism, uh, vaccines, and these are either like live, uh, organisms that they inject into you like polio and smallpox, uh, or they're weakened or killed in, or in ac- inactivated forms. So you take, or so they say, yeah, uh-huh. or so they say, so you take a, the polio virus, you, you know, take it in small quantities or you weaken it and then you inject it into somebody, their body can handle it. It creates the antibodies. And then when the real deal shows up, your body can deal with it. Think you can handle yeah. that. Another form of conventional vaccine is called a subunit vaccine. Okay. Um, this is kind of your second generation vaccine. It just contains the protein antigens, um, which is a fragment of like the whole organism vaccine. It just takes that that protein out of there that causes this immune immune response and injects that into you. Things like uh, tetanus, diphtheria, and Hep B uh, kind of fall into this subunit uh, vaccine vaccine category. Uh, there is a conjugate vaccine. And that's where there's like a bacteria outer uh, coat linked to proteins. And it's basically, it simulates a, the protein antigen. So in the subunit, we've taken the whole organism, we pulled out the actual protein uh, and injected that in the conjugate. Well, we just, uh, you know, simulated that protein um, and injected into influenza B vaccine is that. So mm. your annual flu vaccine is a, a conjugate vaccine. And then there's the uh, heterotypic, which is an animal pathogen that they would inject into you. And this was kind of like a, a early smallpox vaccines. They would actually take cowpox, which was an animal pox, injected into you. Your body could handle it. It would create these antigens that when you, if you did get exposed to smallpox, your body could fight it. So those are, are like kind of general conventional vaccines. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we get into the experimental vaccines. This is where your DNA and your RNA vaccines come into play. Now, DNA stuff, and and I'll roll RNA right in, lump it in with DNA in this part, part of the discussion. We've really taken some leaps and bounds in the last decade or so when we talk about DNA. You know, you talk about, you know, stem cells, you talk about gene splicing, CRISPR, all this stuff, you know, uh, uh, what do they call it? Designer babies, right, that we could potentially create. Didn't they say they had just had the first CRISPR uh, yeah, in dog Ch- or something like well, that? Well, wasn't it in China they were doing stuff? Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there it's it's coming. I remember when I was young, Dolly the sheep was the first oh, like yeah. cloned animal, right? But the problem with Dolly or whatever is like our early tests is they all died like way <laughs> sooner than they expected when they were cloning them. So anyway, it's it's very new. You know, we're still learning a lot about DNA and, and how to do this stuff. And so companies are out there saying, hey, if we just tweak your DNA or your RNA, we can create a vaccine that will prevent you from catching catching diseases. Um, but the first thing is, is there is a difference between the DNA and an RNA vaccine. So uh, I'm going to read right from Wikipedia because I figured why not. Uh, DNA vaccination is a technique for protecting against disease by injecting with genetically engineered plasmids. Uh, it contains the DNA sequence encoding the uh, of the antigens with, against which an immune response is sought. 
So cells directly produce the antigen. So a plasma, a plasmid. So what, basically what they're doing is they're genetically engineering a plasmid to have the encoding of the antigen that you, you want your immune, immune response to. And, you know, uh, but a plasmid is an extra chromosomal DNA molecule within a cell. So within our cells, we've got uh, chromosomes, right? And this is like a separate, the plasmids are like a, just kind of a separate chromosomal DNA molecule uh, that is just hanging out by itself uh, from the regular chromosome DNA, and it can replicate indep independently. So, so it's this little, like, basically chromosomal cell in there that well, you can do whatever you want, and it'll replicate. So, um, yeah, so in, in, for those that are viewing, you know, uh, Dan's showing kind of just a very, uh, I guess, uh, bo uh, you know, boiled down version of, of what that bacterial DNA and the plasmids look like within a cell. Um, so what they'll do is they'll, they'll identify a gene for an immunogen. They uh, insert that gene into this plasmid and then they transform bacterial cells. They grow all this, uh, you know, re remember it reproduces independently. So you're going to in inject this plasmid. It reproduces all this, you know, good immunogen stuff. They will, uh, you know, uh, purify it, extract it, and then they inject you with this Im immunogen-expressing plasmid into your body. Your body recognizes it, reproduces, and now you're, you can fight the, the virus. Okay? In a nutshell. In a nutshell. <clears throat> and I am not a virologist. I'm not a biologist. I'm not any ologist. So please bear with me for those that may have a little more background on that. Um, so RNA vaccines are a little different. And I'm going to go in a little more depth here because it's going to come into play uh, in just a few moments. Um, uh, RNA vaccine or mRNA, which means messenger RNA, it's a, again a new type. It's even newer than DNA vaccines that provide this acquired immunity through an RNA-containing con vector such as a lipid nanoparticle. Okay, so uh, what the heck does that mean? In short, I'm just going to read right from from this this you have here. So the goal is the, to get the genetic recipe for making a viral protein. Uh, into human cells, which can make the protein that the immune system can learn to react to. So you want to make a genetic recipe. Uh, recipes are kind of scary when you think about it, right? Do you do a dash of salt or a pinch of salt as you're <laughs> uh, making these? Dump a little bit in there. Yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Hey, I always little... wondered what the definition of a pinch is. Yeah, right. Uh, they've got it measured out. It's like probably like one sixteenth of a teaspoon or uh, something like that. Uh, at one time, I saw the conversion, but yeah, because a pinch to you is different than a pinch to me, right? All right. These recipes then can be delivered like through lipid nanoparticles which uh, then uh, merge with the oily cell membrane. And once inside, once these lipid nanoparticles that have been tweaked with this recipe are inside your body, your protein-making complexes called ribosomes read them and use them to make the viral protein. So your body now, through this RNA vaccine, is making the actual protein that the virus makes that will infect you. But here's the catch. Your immune cells will chop up these proteins as they're made and then break them down into a size that your antibody-making cells can recognize and uh, get the antibodies made for it. So it's kind of like you're taking the, the virus, but you're breaking it up in small chunks so that your body can create you know, the immune response to it. Um, and then later on, uh, the virus uh, will be recognized if you do contract it. You know, opens up some options for you know, hey, we can make these 
lipid nanoparticles. We can put whatever we want in these two to fight whatever disease. So that's where they're going. So they're getting right down to your, you know, your DNA level and tricking your body into making things to fight these diseases. Okay. So um, that's the, in a nutshell, kind of the, what the RNA vaccines are, are trying to do. And it's way above my pay grade. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not an expert in all things DNA or anything like this. So what I want to talk about oh, yes. a little bit here. I think there's some some scary things to be talked about when you're talking about manipulating humans on a DNA level anyway, right? But uh, Moderna Biotech um, began the first human trials on March 16th of this year for a new RNA or mRNA vaccine. Mind you, there's never been a vaccine brought to the market that was DNA or RNA vaccines. Okay. Come again. Um, just a few days ago, uh, or actually probably a couple of weeks now, by the time this airs, they just entered phase three human trials of this RNA vaccine involving 30,000 human beings. Dan, I know you know the answer to this. Guess, guess what this new RNA vaccine is going to fight. Well, COVID, of course. Right? Yeah. So we are, oh, we're going to get into this. And I want to burst, I want to just blurt everything out and at once. And it's going so well. <laughs> right, right. So, okay, so we are in phase three trials. Okay, at this point, 30,000 human beings are getting tested with a new RNA vaccine that we've never done before on a condensed timeline because we're fighting the COVID. And we got to make sure companies get their money. I mean, this is mm -hmm. billions of people we're talking about here. This is yep. gold mine. Yeah, right. Currently, every uh -huh. single COVID vaccine in trials right now, in trials at this time, are RNA vaccines. Come again. So all of these COVID vaccines are a brand new type of vaccine that's never been put on the market's never been proven and yet this is what where we're going it's all these new rna vaccines we're going to fight covid with a new unproven hypothetical theoretical vaccine approach okay covid is an rna virus i'll give it that so maybe you know fighting with an rna vaccine is the best approach however there's uh, you know, very little effort or zero in trials right now of any conventional approaches to a vaccination isn't, on this. Isn't this kind of useless? Because uh, when you talk about the coronavirus, it's a ever-changing virus that mutates. Okay. Yep. So isn't it going to have to be like the flu vaccine where you got to get it every year? Well, you know, mind you, the flu vaccine currently is the conventional vaccine, right? But what brings with these new DNA and RNA oh, supposed vaccines... To magically work. Well, yeah, right? It's We can combat more and react quicker and da-da-da-da-da, right? But to your point, um, yeah, right? What happens when it tweaks a little bit and now you've got a vaccine in you that creates a different type of... pro? Yeah, all questions that will be yeah. hopefully flushed out with 30,000, you know, good God-fearing patriotic humans on the planet that are getting tested right now and letting them stick stick that in their arm for a couple hundred bucks or whatever Ooh. they're paying them. Good luck! Should do Bill, Gates. And, and, Bill Gates should be one going first. Yeah, right? Yeah, if it's so great, let's see Fauci and Gates up there getting one. So, uh, again, to recap, they produce a synthetic version of the mRNA that a virus uses to build its infectious proteins. 
um, you know, basically this mRNA is delivered in the human body and the cells read it as instructions to build that viral protein and it creates some of the virus's molecules themselves. So this RNA vaccine is actually you're injecting something into you for your body to create the actual virus in in and of itself. Okay. The thing is, is that it's no wonder people get sick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, but allegedly, or the the idea here is that these proteins are uh, solitary. So they're not actually forming together to form the actual virus. You know, here's that breaking apart or just the chunks of the main virus, which, but it's enough so that the immune system will detect these and easily be able to combat them, create the antibody antibodies so that when you do get exposed to the real virus, it, it defeats it. Um, of course, this is all assuming, Dan, that there really is a pandemic going on and, and COVID is as bad as everybody says. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, that's the caveat here we're working on. Oh, yes. There are some RNA treatments already being done, Dan, um, and that this is why uh, allegedly, I keep saying allegedly, but allegedly this is why we're looking at RNA viruses or vaccines, excuse me, um, because COVID is an RNA virus and we're already using uh, RNA techniques to fight tumors, okay? Um, it, tumors in people's bodies, right? Um, so when pe- if somebody develops a tumor, it's not a tumor. Uh, the circumstances, even just the makeup of that tumor, can be different from person to person. And they're treating these tumors uh, with an RNA approach because of the fact it's so easy. And I'll air quote easy for for those that are listening in and not watching the exactly the video. Um, you know, because you can insert different recipes, you can tweak this on the fly. So I inject you with this mRNA to treat your tumor. Oh, it's not working. Well, let's take a little analysis. Oh, let's just add another pinch of salt in here. And oh, what do you know? It works. So they're very easy to manipulate to specific, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess ailments or, you know, conditions or whatever you want to call it. So again, um, that's part of what's allegedly so appealing about this that if this this covid vaccine does decide it wants to tweak a little bit and change well hey our mm-hmm. rna vaccine is super easy we'll just add a little more flour tweak it and then uh, sell you another one and yep. make another push. right right and and oh <laughs> sorry the one you just took isn't going to do it but uh there are side effects like with anything right dan there's side effects so i went on, oh they put these right on the labels yeah right yep um so I went right to uh, Harvard College's website. Have you heard of Harvard, Dan? Once. Yeah, once. I think I may have mentioned it. Right? It's all public. Yeah, it's all public. <laughs> so I went to Harvard's website because they weighed in a little bit on these DNA and RNA vaccines. So potential, and this is from Harvard's website, potential side effects could include chronic inflammation, because the vaccine continuously stimulates the immune system to produce antibodies. Mm-hmm. Other concerns include the possible integration of plasmid DNA into the body's host genome, resulting. So basically, potentially, uh, a pl- you know, this is referring to a DNA uh, vaccine that you could actually introduce this into the, your actual cells of your body that start doing stuff. It could result in mutations, problems with DNA replication. Imagine if your skin cells suddenly couldn't replicate what would happen to oh you. Oh, my God. Right? Uh, uh, you could get a new, uh, any number of autoimmune responses. 
So now your body's going to attack itself because it thinks it's like all right. poisoned. And oh, here's the kicker activation of cancer causing oh, genes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, so. So again, these are potential side effects, right? The reason why they're listed as potential, Dan. Well, because they have to. Well, well, that, and we haven't had enough data to know or not, right? You know, this is stuff that they've seen in other testing with de- tweaking thing people's DNAs and and animals' DNAs and plants' DNAs. These are stuff that they're seeing there and say, hey, by the way, we're just seeing all this stuff over here. It could happen to humans too, right. just so you know. But we don't know. Thank God Moderna's in phase three trials, and there's 30,000 human beings on this planet that have signed up that don't give a damn what's going to happen to them. Pretty good, huh? Um, you know, well, I can look at the models of the models of the models of the models. Yeah, <laughs> They're right? still wrong. Yeah, yeah, because, you know. Uh, Dr. Fauci has the one job where he can be wrong every time and still be a praised like, yeah, savior. Yeah, like what a, hero, what a hero. Remember, they call this the novel coronavirus. <laughs> and what does novel mean? Unique, different. Uh we don't know, Dan. Right. And 30,000 people, that's a pretty good sample size. So we'll we'll see what the hell happens with that. Okay. But, yeah. Well, when they do these other, kind of going off sidetrack, but with the hydroxychloroquine thing, people can cure 350 people, but uh, they can have some shitty test with 20 people and all oh, oh, that didn't work for them, so yep. let's shut everything yep. down. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting, too, Dan, is that... Uh, a lot of um, of this vaccine testing is done in developing countries, third world countries. And a lot of it's being done in Africa and South America. And so... They're, they want it there first. Well, yeah. They bring it to Africa nobody first, nobody cares if, if those people are dying and, and their skin's falling off and stuff. We can bury it. But God forbid you, you do that in America, right? A lot of the, the black people are catching <clears throat> on to this in Africa. They're just, they started protesting. Saying, yeah, yeah, screw that, man. Yeah. You know, just um, like they stood up against the face mask. Mm-hmm. You won't see that video, but you, there's one video on the internet. They're like shooting people for these mask yeah. mandates. Yeah, <laughs> so right. Yeah, remember earlier, uh, you know, we were talking about, Dan, about how some people not wearing masks are getting beat up and stomped in the streets. You know, well, you know, that's going the other way, too. So um, it's interesting because uh, this Harvard uh, article I was reading goes on to say, and I'm quoting here, in general, pharmaceutical companies can border on exploit exploitative in their use of developing countries' populations in research. Okay, so basically, pharmaceutical companies are given a free reign to just stick chemicals into people in these developing countries with very little recourse, okay? Well, even even on the uh, inserts, I don't know if it's on the insert, but uh, they have legislation passed through where they're exempt from any liability on any of it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep, yep. And the government should assume responsibility and liability for that and not the pharmaceutical companies. It's crazy, man. I mean, we're showing up uh, in these these areas and promising these people, you know, uh, cures for what ails them and... You know what? Oops! Ooh, we just killed thirty percent of them. Well, well, we'll we'll go back to the drawing board and we'll go, you know, two regions over and test it next time. You know, that's how they're approaching. No it's repercussions. Like, yeah, it's human guinea pig trials. Dan, it hasn't been that long, and I recommend folks uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go look at the medical experiment episode we did. 
oh, yeah. centuries, man, of, crazy stuff. of complete disregard for human life and human uh, safety in testing for medical purposes, man. It's scary. It's dangerous. We're doing it again right now with this COVID crap, all right? Um, I do have a short, two short clips I want us to watch. Our good friend, our fearless leader, our all-knowing, um, omnipotent guide to all things humanity, Mr. Bill, Mr. Bill Gates. Oh, Bill Gates. <laughs> yes. I, I have some interesting things that I want us to hear Mr. Gates say. The most urgent invention in the world right now is a vaccine that prevents you from getting COVID-19. Right. The most urgent, Mr. Bill Gates, our, uh, you know, big computer nerd slash doctor slash global political figure, has said our most urgent need right now, Dan, is to produce a COVID vaccine. The globe, the planet's most critical issue right now is... To produce a COVID vaccine. Yeah. It's not, hey, <laughs> astrophysicists that work for the Pentagon said they're finding bits of alien craft that they're studying. It, you know, it's it's not, you know, we've got a huge, huge uh, wealth disparity and people are starving. We've got mass exoduses out of war zones and refugee right. crises. Diabetes. It's the COVID virus, Dan. That's killing, or only has a 99%. Yeah, which... which or you got it, a 99% survival rate yeah, over yeah, that. Yeah, greater, greater than that. <laughs> yeah, which is killing, uh, you know, a couple hundred people a day, you know, or in, on the planet or whatever. So uh, fast forward. Okay, so keep in mind, right. Mis, Mr. Gates says this is our greatest fear and our greatest challenge right now. Um, real quick before we start it, he's talking about... Uh, you know, how, you know, vaccines work and how viruses work and how DNA works. So, but, but listen to this next part. One final way that's new and is promising is called the RNA vaccine. With RNA and DNA, instead of putting that shape in, you put instructions in the code to make that shape. So the Gates Foundation, along with a great number of partners, are looking at these different efforts. A great number efforts. of partners. We've never created a new vaccine in less than five years. <laughs> so this uh, is urgent and it's gonna require incredible collaboration. And money. It's gonna have to go to 7 billion people. Jesus. You're fired. He just said, okay, this is, I want people to understand this. He said, we've never, crea we've never created a vaccine in under five years. Yeah. And, but, Here's a new technique with an RNA that looks promising that, oh, by the way, we're going to have 7 billion doses of this ready for you before you know it. Oh, my God. Uh, this... talk, talk about a global human experiment, Dan. Yeah. This yeah, is crazy. For sure. And I wonder, like, well, I should let you finish your research before, or your presentation before I ask well, this question. No, okay. I, I, or you can ask it now. It's okay. We're pretty free form here, you know. Well, have you looked into any, like, how, like, like microchip technology could go into these RNAs? Oh, you know, I haven't dug into it too deep, but there's always been that nanotech concern yeah. when you're getting viruses injected into you. That That's, that's kind of... Not well, what, old what news I, per se. But. What I've seen is a lot of people are know about this uh, to microchip everybody, and the you know the ones with the grains of rice where you put in between your thumb and your pointer finger. Not many people are doing that, 
so now they got to put them in the vaccine and make them like basically like liquid like a nanotechnology yeah, 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 if you yeah. will they've got nanotechnology that works on a cellular level already you know and so that's why when you're getting something injected in you that the government's telling you you need to put in you you need to like understand that there's some potential you know challenges there yeah and, and stuff so uh to quick recap bill gates master and omnipotent leader of all things planet earth and beyond uh, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> Says it's urgent. It's the most critical thing facing humankind right now. And we have to do it on a condensed timeline. So, because it's killing everybody. Oh my God. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And Submit I, to I was, us. And, and which, which is funny because Mr. Bill Gates, Dan, you remember. He was a dropout. Well, and, and I'm not even going to hold on that because I don't, I think school and the education uh, system does not determine your intelligence level that's true at story. all. Um, but remember Bill Gates, uh, he's a member of this elite crew that thinks that there should only be 300 million people on the planet. That's the ideal. Yes. So would you trust the vaccine? (laughs) And out of the other side of his mouth, he's pushing a vaccine to save everybody's life. Right. Whoa. Wait Uh, a minute. There's, there's, it's different. That's a conflict of interest. How come nobody else is recognizing that? He keeps saying that we need to drive the population down to 300 million from seven billion down to 300 million and yet oh we've got 99 point you know seven percent survival rate of this vaccine <laughs> we got to get everybody vaccinated so that that is a huge red flag to me anyway we mentioned moderna biotech right earlier they're doing their phase three trials um i'm gonna reintroduce moderna biotech into this conversation and talk about uh, Mr. Stefan Bansell or Stefane. I think it's Stefan Bansell. He's French. That's Moderna Biotech's CEO. Here's a picture of him uh, meeting with President Trump um, when President Trump had kind of like a uh, 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 an apprentice style meeting with all these different biotech companies for them to pitch their solutions uh, to the COVID crisis. Okay. Um, oh, FYI. Uh, Stephen Bansell, St- Stefan Bansell is the newest member of the Billionaire Club. Oh, yeah, just the a, three comma club. Yeah, anybody yes. know what that is? <laughs> and that's because he owns a significant portion of Moderna Biotech stock, which completely went through the roof when they were awarded initially like a four hundred and fifty plus million dollar grant. Uh, from, uh, you know, uh, the U.S. government through Operation Warp Speed. By the way, Moderna was received the greatest amount of funding from Operation Warp Speed. Um, they've received more funny funding from the U.S. government than any other company. And, oh, FYI, like two or three weeks ago, they approved another $500 million, uh so they've got almost a billion dollars of our taxpayer money to develop uh, a vaccine to COVID. Okay? Oh, yeah. And and because their stock went up so high. Uh, uh, it's Ste- split. Yeah. He basically, Stefan is basically, it's kind of interesting if you think about it. We got He got a billion dollars from the U.S. government and he's now worth a billion dollars. Nice. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that how that works? Very well. So, uh, so Moderna uh, and uh, Stefan Bans- Bansel, Banchel, uh is in partnership with a European-based company called Lanza, and they are producing 500 million doses of this vaccine by the end of the year. 
is their plan. Hmm. So he's not going for the seven billion. So, but wait, <laughs> uh, they are going to be doing a half a million doses uh, by, uh, by the, the end of this year of, of this new coronavirus vaccine and mRNA vaccine, which has never an RNA vaccine has never been brought to the market. And they plan on reaching 1 billion doses by the end of next year. So apparently this coronavirus, they're in it for the long haul. Oh, God. Okay. All fake. Um, if approved, this would be the first RNA virus on the, or vaccine on the market. Okay. Ever in the history of humankind. Well, I shouldn't say that in the history of uh, the most recent civilized human uh, race. So um, interesting. So. What does it really take to get something considered a vaccine? You need to have a 50% efficacy rate, which means that your vaccine needs to be at least 50% effective for preventing the disease. Okay, so I could get you could get a vaccine that works 51% of the time oh, and it still is good, okay? So, um so that's why this this flu vaccine gets approved every yeah, year. Yeah, because because it only works, you know, like you know, seventy percent of the time or something like that. So well, hardly that. They get it wrong yeah. every year. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. If that, right, <laughs> forty times. Okay, so what really perked my ears up, Dan, and made me take a deep dive down the rabbit hole here, is a quote by Stephen Bansell. Okay, here's a quote. Uh, he had an interview with Yahoo Finance. Yahoo, love him or hate him. Um, I guess they're the, the weakest email uh, out there. But anyway, here's a quote from Stefan. We have to make a profit out of the first product we sell. We have invested $2 billion of our shareholder capital since we started the company. We need to get a return. We are highly aware this is a pandemic and we need to be very responsible on how we price a product. Oh my goodness. No worries at all. So, okay. <laughs> We're fast tracking a new type of vaccine. And the company's CEO is focused on making a profit. You got to warn people. There is nothing in that quote about we need they to make a profit, profit while assuring the safety of the citizens of the planet. Okay. Well, safety's at the bottom of the list at this point. Yeah, I right? mean, we got a pandemic on our hands. Definitely. Newsflash, Moderna Biotech, and I believe they've been around for about 10 years, has never, ever in the history of their company brought a single <laughs> drug or vaccine to the market, Dan. Are you serious? <laughs> That's why they need to turn a profit. They just keep wasting everybody's money. And it only makes common sense. And now sense. they've got a billion dollars of our taxpayer money to an, a company that's never developed a drug or a vaccine to develop not only a vaccine, but a vaccine in a style that has never been done before, an experimental. How long did you say that they were in business? I think it was 2009 or 2010, I remember, was when Moderna uh, was formed. Wow, that's a failing company. Yeah, 10 years, <laughs> never doing what you said you're going to do, um, at least publicly, right? Maybe they, you know, maybe there's reason they, they got a seat at the maybe White House. Maybe they make sell widgets on the side yeah, or something. or something, you know, clean houses or something. I don't know. 
So, okay. So um, I did some, you know, some look into Stefan Bansell. He worked for Eli Lilly, which was a, you know, a, a drug pharmaceutical company. He worked for them for a long time. But what I really found was when I went down one level and said, well, who's the president of Moderna? Okay, let's take a look at this guy. I was trying to follow the money here, okay, and seeing where, where, you know, where this stuff was coming from. So the president is Stephen Hogg, uh, Hogg or Hogg, uh, H-O-G-E. He's 44 years old, Dan, and he's the president of Moderna, okay? I'm 44 years old, and I ain't the president of anything, so that's, <laughs> I, I feel that's pretty young. Well, you could run okay. for president. And yeah, Oh, right, I could. Exactly. Um, I would do just as good as all the other candidates that, <laughs> that don't make it, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, Stephen Hogg came from a company called McKinsey and Company. And some of our astute viewers that have done their homework just probably had a mild coronary right now when I, they, they heard me say the word McKinsey and Company, okay? He worked there until 2013, they are like a financial management firm, okay? From what I glean, uh, it's like they're a high-priced consulting firm that uh, overpaid uh, insecure CEOs use to try to justify their bad decision-making, okay? Mm. So you pay a bunch of money to them, and they're a bunch of you know, uh, people that give you, you know, yes-men and give you all sorts of ideas how to really uh, screw over people to make money. Um, well, why not? Right? Yep. Stop pumping. So in 2013, when he first came to Moderna, he was the senior vice president of corporate development and new drug concepts. Okay. So over the last seven years, they still have not developed a new drug, but he was VP of uh, new drug concepts and eventually became president of it. So let's take a little look here at McKenzie and Company, okay? And this is where... Uh, this is a picture of him? Yeah, this is that Stephen Hogg there. Looks like a nice, reasonable young guy. But he worked for... Pretty good, huh? Yep. He worked for McKinsey and Company. I'm going to go back to McKinsey and Company, okay? They have thousands of alumni, people that have worked for them. They were getting all the best and brightest from all these Ivy League schools, taking them through their programs and teaching them the ways of how to make money as a management firm. And... They have thousands of alumni in the corporate and political world. If you Google uh, McKinsey and Company alumni, you will get a list of people, hundreds and hundreds of people that are prominent, that, are, that own major corporations, that hold political things. And actually, uh, from what I've gleaned is that McKinsey and Company is kind of its own little fraternity out there in business, Okay. Um, so there, there's got to be, there's something to be said about, you know, groups or people that come from McKinsey and company, uh, you know, being of like mind and sticking together, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a whole network through this fraternity of McKinsey and company, uh, McKinsey and company, um, does not have a great track record, Dan, believe it or not. Oh, really? Okay. So <clears throat> some scandals that McKinsey and company have been involved with. You ever heard of Enron? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, they were their uh, major advisors leading up to the big Enron debacle back in the day. 
I get it now. Okay. So basically, they encouraged and uh, supported Enron's decision making that led to this huge financial collapse and uh, uh, caused, you know, thousands of people, tons of financial hardship and separated the, the rich from the poor a little bit more. Uh, they also played wasn't a, a total loss on their part. Though. No, no, they made money. They're still in business, man. Uh, they played a significant role in the financial crisis of uh, 07, 08. You know, the last big uh, recession we had, mm. Dan, where uh, stocks lost all the money and people uh, lost homes and, uh, you know, the rich got richer and the poor got what poorer. What did they play in that part? They were advising nearly all of the Wall Street banks leading up to the crisis and advising them to do the practices, you know, and putting the debt and all this crap. I looked in that. I wasn't going to spend too much time in there. But they were tell, basically telling the Wall Street banks to do what to what they were doing to create this housing bubble by burying losses and diverting, you know, f- money from here to make things look good when they really weren't. So McKinsey and Company had their their hands in it. Now, yes, they're not to blame for it, right? Because it's the banks that ultimately did it, but they were there nodding and agreeing and saying this is the best way to do it. And then financial collapse happened. Okay. Uh, more recently in the U.S. Uh, ICE, in, in immigration uh, cops, right? Uh, they were advising ICE on what to do with all these illegal immigrants. Um, they offered up cost savings options that actual uh, border Patrol and, uh, you know, uh, government officials from America said, wait a minute, that is inhumane. We cannot do that. And, Dan, what are we seeing photos of and stuff? Actually, we haven't seen a ton of photos of this immigration thing. Hey, good news. Since COVID got here, our immigration crisis went away. <laughs> awesome. But anyway, exactly. I, I'm joking. And, and actually, it's not that funny of a joke. But. You know, we saw people in cages and fences and, oh, and you yeah. know, and all that. They were, they were toting that out. Drinking well, out of toilets. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> now, that was the th- that was the option they chose over what McKinsey was saying we should have these people uh, do. And so, okay, so they what I'm demonstrating here is McKinsey and company has zero concern for people. They're all about making money, saving money, doing anything they can to get money. Uh, they've been involved with the Saudi clampdown on dissidents. Uh, they actually identified the most prominent Saudi dissidents, Saudi Arabia dissidents, on Twitter. And as a result, the Saudi government took this list that McKinsey and company put on Twitter and started uh, showing up in the middle of the night to these people's homes and arresting them and their families and throwing them in jail. Funny, interesting thing here. They've done over 600 projects with the Saudi government between 2011 and 2016. 600 projects, McKinsey and Company. Mm. Okay. They also uh, support authoritarian regimes. In 2018, they did an entire company retreat in China at this lush, you know, retreat, uh, lavish retreat out there that was uh, next to an internment camp that was holding thousands of... Uh, I think it's pronounced Uyghurs, uh, without cause. These are Muslim, Chinese Muslims that the Chinese government has been rounding up tens, if not hundreds of thousands of the, of them and throwing them in. Oh, I think I've seen in, video on that. Yeah, and throwing them. Trains in, or whatever. Yeah, and putting them in re-education camps where they're being starved, tortured, manual labor to get the bad Muslim out of them, so to speak. So they went to a company retreat, and right behind uh, the retreat was this huge internment camp. Okay, they worked with Saudi Arabia's absolute monarchy. monarchy. Uh, we just mentioned that. 
Turkey's Erdogan and several Russian and Chinese companies that are under sanctions. So they don't care about, you know, U.S. laws, U.S. sanctions. They'll work with anybody with the money. Pay me the money, we'll do it. Okay. They also advised Allstate Insurance to purposely give low offers to claimants. So it was too expensive and time-consuming that they and their lawyers would refuse to help. You know, the lawyers refused to help the clients, and they would uh, refuse uh, to pursue it. Dan, Wait, you... so in other words, they give low rates on car insurance. No, they give low payments out. You get into a car accident, you total your, you know, 2020 Corvette, they're going to say, well, we're only going to give you $10,000. Well, I paid $50,000 oh. for this. You got to lawyer up to fight them. Right. And so they'd purposely do that because you and I aren't going to lawyer up to fight it if it's, you know, if it's less than what you think we're just going to. Oh, right? It's they a, got the saying, are you in a, good hands? Are you in good hands? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, no, you're not, man. Uh, it's the same thing YouTube's doing to us, man. They're flagging crap, copyright this, and making it such a bear just for a video to get out there that, yeah. we, that we're just, you, you lose the fight, right? Yeah, you start to get disappointed. And say, screw it, yeah. man, just whatever. That's what they're doing, man. So I have a little discussion here. So in, I want to wrap this all up, okay? We've got a, air, air quotes, pandemic that is justifying the need Plandemic. for- Plandemic. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> I like that phrase. So you've got a pandemic out there that we need to vaccinate the entire planet with. Mr. Bill Gates told us we need to vaccinate the entire planet. Seven, seven billion vaccinations need to happen by a company. And we're putting all we're putting our eggs in this company, the, the basket of this company that has never produced a drug or a vaccine, is working with an untested, unproven mode of vaccination through the RNA vaccines. And is driven and being the president of the company comes, his background is nothing but pure unfettered capitalism at, at all costs. Mm. Do you see yeah. that we might be having a problem here, Dan? <laughs> I think we have a problem here. Now, What's the matter? I do, do know f that through my research that there are some more of your traditional vaccines being investigated. Actually... Slightly over half of the potential COVID, COVID vaccines are your uh, traditional or conventional vaccines, which use whole uh, subunit or whatever uh, vaccinations. Um, but anything in trial right now is RNA. We're saying RNA is the way to go on this. And we're, that's where we're spending all of our money to do it. And hitching our wagons to companies. And, and DNA is not so good, huh? Uh, I haven't didn't come across. Uh, there were some DNA uh, vaccines being done, but uh, you know, by and far, it was uh, you know not not all that. And I should you know what I shouldn't say that. I, I don't. I I want to take that back. I don't believe that over half are conventional. I, th I believe it's something like thirty five percent because there is uh, DNA uh, vaccines rolled in there. But it's about forty eight percent of all of the potential COVID vaccines are 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 RNA at this point. Okay. All of them that are in trials are RNA. So if a vaccine comes out in this by the end of the year, like everybody's hoping or promising or whatever, it will be an RNA vaccine. There's no way around that. The, the other vaccines aren't even in, in trials yet. Oh. So I'm just very cautious here that, uh, again, we're seeing opportunistic people taking advantage, good salespeople, um, and, uh, and doing this uh, – I don't know, man. I, I all I can say, Dan, 
is that I am not going to be in that line for those first <laughs> rounds of vaccines. Well, I said I would be uh, patriotic and let somebody else have mine since we're so short on vaccines. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do it for the greater good. We'll let somebody else do it. You know what's scary, though, Danny? You talked about this earlier, too, about the microchip and stuff. So now, you know, I, I have a bad, bad feeling what's going to happen is this coronavirus thing is not going to go away after the November election. If it does, great. Stop spending money. Stop getting a vaccine. This, well, yeah, this all becomes a moot point if that's yeah, if that's true. I think true. that's part of it is it is about the election, but it's also about getting everybody acclimated and getting them into the system. Remember, they have a 20... The new thing is the 2030 agenda. It used to be the 2020 mm-hmm. agenda. Yeah, now it's the 2030 agenda. Yep. Yeah, 2030. So they got to get all this stuff. This is doing everything that. So by needs that to reasoning, then this this virus, this pandemic, is not going to go away after the November election if they need to continue that. Right. 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 It would make sense that it as would long stick as around. bad people are in control. Well, yeah, 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 and maybe something will happen. I always keep my fingers crossed and optimistic that way. Um. So. So for, for that to happen and this continue, it, it, I have a bad feeling that it's going to be the type of thing where a year from now, a year and a half from now, there's going to be a vaccine out there. And again, air quotes, vaccine out there. And businesses are going to say, you're not allowed here unless you've had the vaccine. Yes. And then you can't fly. Yep. You're not going to be allowed on Probably airplanes or trains. License. Yeah. Yep. Can't renew your driver's license. Maybe even own property. Who knows where how far they want to take yeah, us. You go forever. Unless... You have something that says that you've had the the vaccine. Now, I think it would probably start out with a small card, some official ID, like a concealed carrier, a driver's license. But what they're going to do is say, you know what? Why don't you just save your time? We'll just pl- implant you with this chip. Mm. And oh, by the way, at the same time, why don't we just put your bank account information on there so you can go and scan your hand at the mm. grocery store? Right. Yeah. Then they'll tie into the the new currency or whatever that they come out with. Like already, you talked on the last episode privately about these banks not being able to print money. Mm-hmm. So there we go. And I I forgot yeah, to read this. Why go other... through that process of printing money when and you have to admit, uh, right now cash is not the main form of of currency that we're using. I'm grabbing my debit card for almost all my purchases. Oh, I, yeah. I deal very little in cash these days. I mean, some, you know, yeah. some I still do, but the vast majority of the money that I spend is either written out in a check, paid online, or gone through my uh-huh. debit card. Yeah, me too. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention on our live show was how this 2030 agenda is playing into this. So you're going cashless society, mm-hmm. people are locked in their homes, more or less. I mean, yeah, you can go out, but who wants to go out if you're going to get harassed about wearing a mask? That's the thing. People have to wear a mask, and no one's going to want to leave their home. Mm-hmm. It's all. Well, why would you with all the great technology and, and, and entertainment you have right yeah, there? Right. Uh, people don't talk to each other. You have a mask on. You're not going to sit there and talk about politics, or you're going to do what you need to do and get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, surveillance stepped up. Yeah, you might have to say they might have to remove the face covering for face tracking or whatever, but the, the face tracking... Uh, stuff has been stepped up with AI. Yeah, that's what we're saying is that is this just another, is this a way for the AI to get better at recognizing people from their eyes? Uh, again, back to the face mask, using that as compliance, getting you ready for taking a shot or something. You know, you got to have a face mask to go into this place. Well, substitute face mask for vaccine. Yeah, uh, and substitute vaccine for microchip. Exactly. And then also think about this with this thing going on, like the virus 
my, people ain't going to think about having kids right now. They're like, well, no, we can't do that. I think early on, you'll probably see a little bit of a spike in population because, you know, when people started being at home, you know, hey, I'm bored, you want to shag, you know. Well, but with I think, people you're with, but... Yeah, oh, you're not going to have one night stands right now. No, no, you're not. If anything, it's going to go that's completely like, opposite. There's probably of it. a lot of the population too. Yeah, yeah right. Um, uh, so you got population control with that, mm-hmm. and then we got, and even the people that are living together, that are married, boyfriend, girlfriend, living together. After that first like little push, three. If you make it through that first three months of quarantining at home and not have a kid, chances are. You know, you're not going to have a kid after that, right? Because eventually you get sick of each other and you're like, oh, screw yeah. that last thing I'm going to let they, you do is stick, stick anything in me, you know? Statistically, that uh, a lot of relationships have gone belly up. Oh, this. <laughs> I've had multiple conversations with people that have worked there. We're both working at home and, and we found out we have to sit at opposite ends of the house while we work because you can't stand <laughs> each other. Like, ooh, oosh, that's awkward. And then think about this. We also had universal basic income. We're supposed to be waiting for a second check. So, I mean, it's it's not a lot, but it's still the idea. Yeah. Um, I didn't think about the universal basic income. And then part. shutting the small businesses down. A lot of businesses have to have closed their door now because they can't. And will stay never open. reopen. Exactly. And you know what that does? That just makes the rich richer yep. and the poor poor. Because so everybody's now going to Walmart, but you can't go to your mom and pop store. Yep. Because because these corporate corporations not only, uh, you know. Uh, do they have the support of the, the government? Because oh, Walmart was essential from the get go, but mm-hmm. but mom and pop grocery at the store at the end. Well, maybe they were, but you know, um, you know, mom and pop houseware store wasn't essential because you can get that at Walmart. And well, for a while in Walmart, the Michigan governor wouldn't let you buy paint. They wouldn't let you buy seeds. Yeah, yeah, any of that. Yeah, they were shutting seeds. So that's crazy, yeah, it is. man. Why would they do that? Um, but but yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but. It's it's just this huge cascading effect that's that at at the end what it's doing is putting power into the powerful people's hands. It's this huge social experiment to see how far we're willing to take exactly, or they're they're willing to take it, Push and we're willing it. to yeah. go right. And the people that are dissenting about it now are crackpots. You're hey, you're going to kill everyone because of this big COVID thing, and and that's why you know Dan, you and I we starkly vary on our opinions on the effectiveness and the effects on the body that that masks have you and i we don't necessarily see eye to eye on that but i've said from the get-go is that i think the discussion needs to be is this a pandemic is this worthy of everything that we're doing right i'm not convinced dan i'm not convinced but i i do think that some of the stuff that we're being told like wearing a mask, I truly feel that it prevents the spread of droplets that would have viruses contained on it. And so not just COVID, but any time, if you're trying to prevent a viral spread, I think a mask helps slow that spread. But my whole point is, is that necessary right now in our current situation? Right. You know, that's just that my, you know, my opinion, I feel like I've got some good facts based on it. Um, but to your point, Dan, the mask mandates, are they really for to prevent the COVID virus or are they a way to condition us to blindly follow? And what's the, this is just a a springboard. Yeah. It's a compliance. It's a compliance springboard because what's the next level of compliance they're going to expect. And that's why Fauci too, 
who knows? This is we were pre-recording this, folks. Maybe by this, he's already got it mandated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Goggles. He wants yeah. to push goggles now. Dude, that's so it's crazy, like, man. After that, are we gonna mandate shoes that have six feet on them so you can measure how far yeah, to stay away? Tyvek suits, right? <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh my god, man. So, so you know, and and I will agree. You know, if Fauci comes up and says you should wear goggles to help slow the spread of a virus. I would agree with that. I'm like, you know what? You got mucous membranes in your eyes. That is an entry point for viruses. Yeah, goggles. I, you know it, what else? It, it's reasonable me, to me that goggles would prevent the spread of a virus. But is it necessary? Right. You know, that's my whole thing. You know, you know what also help if you just killed yourself? Should we all just kill ourselves and we don't have to worry about the coronavirus? <laughs> no, we should not kill ourselves. <laughs> we should all will for the giant asteroid, Dan. <laughs> Because because the giant asteroid would just be so much nicer. Yeah. You know, it'd be quick, clean. Well, maybe not oh, so clean. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Yeah, folks, be careful, man. There's some goofy stuff going on with this vaccine coming up. Biker babe, I hope I did you some justice. Not sold on the DNA, DNA RNA vaccines. Need more trials. We need more studies. And not uh, unethical ones. Okay? So... I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on another excellent episode of Talk is Cheap. My name is Pete Hobleib. This is Dan Holfeld. Have a great one.